Welcome to another episode of The Boy Behind the Man. My name is Piero Mardesic from Addicted to Grow. And my special guest today is Derek Jamison. Derek and I met on Clubhouse beginning of the year and we absolutely just clicked. Derek is a spiritual life coach. He's also a quantum healing hypnosis therapist and specializes in past life regression. He is also the top 10 coaches to help you thrive in 2021, written by Thrive Global. So as Derek and I delve into his childhood, there are moments of vulnerability and also stories that are very special to him as he goes through his past childhood. Please be wary and please be mindful of the moments that my special guest and myself take during these times. You can find Derek on Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, and also on his website. You can find myself, Piero Mardesic, at Instagram, also on Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse, and also www.heromardesic.com and www.addictedtogrow.com. My name is Piero and I'm here with Derek. And the number one thing that I want you to remember about today's episode is we're talking about the boy behind the man and the childhood struggles and adversities and the addictions that we all go through that we hide from that we no longer have to because there's so much support and safety in the world. Derek, welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Ever since I first heard you speak about your story, I think that um, the way that you bring your, your story with such ownership and presence is very important because I think that it really is teaching people that it's okay as a, as a man to go inwards and like crack open. Um, and I think it's breaking that whole past idea and paradigm that men cannot be vulnerable and tap into their, their emotions. So I'm really excited to be here to talk about this with you. Brilliant. Thank you. And I, I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing your story and hearing a bit about your views on this as well. So you just sort of opened up conversation already. It's this, do you think, yes or no answer, nice and simple. Do you think that there's a big issue around this in the world that men don't want to go inwards? Yes, I think that there's an imbalance between the energies of masculine and feminine, not men and women. Like that's, I'm, I want to look at the energy aspect of it, where we come from a past where men's emotional bodies, that feminine aspect was shut off. And that's an old paradigm, but I feel like we're moving into a space that allows us to be embodying that feminine aspect a little bit more to allow us to um, talk about our emotions. And, and I'm talking about things today that I was never talking about with groups of people or telling about my story. And now it's coming forward. So even with someone that knows about balancing masculine and feminine, I'm finding aspects of myself that needed to come forward and talk about that. So there's definitely an imbalance of it. And now we're coming into that place where we can start shifting that around the world. I love the way you just opened that up about masculine and femininity. That's one of my favorite subjects. I studied Carl Jung. So I, I totally mm -hmm. understand. And I love, you know, the queen, the king, the, the warrior, the wise woman and the mother and the, and the wizard, magician and the lover. Like I totally love that aspect. And, and, and if you're in the audience and you're listening to this, you know, don't hesitate in just grabbing maybe the first paragraph of Carl Jung's studies because they're pretty in depth. They take a lot of, a lot of thinking, but we'll just stay on masculine and femininity. When you go back in ages, masculine was all about, you know, the hunter and then the, the feminine was all about the gathering and the communication level, obviously, like you said, from an energy space is the feminine had to speak about where to go because they were always relaying communication, information, communication, right? 
the, the masculine was just sent out, survive, come back with food, full stop. There was no communication. It was keep quiet. When you're hunting, there was no talking. Like, so you can, exactly what you're saying, it's like, it's tuned in that we're just non, there's no communication. It's just like do or, or get told to do, do and come back. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think that, that when we look at the grand scheme of time, our linear experience, uh, and we look at the, and then, but we look at the, how long the earth has been around. And it's actually a very short amount of time, but because we only live a certain amount of years in our physical body, it seems like forever that these things have been taking place. But I do believe that the universe moves in cycles. And I believe mm. that there was a time where things were more balanced out, where it wasn't so separated in that way. And we had that kind of um, duality. I think it was more cohesive. Uh, but I think that as time went along, certain separations took place and it's like, this is what this means and this is what this means. And then that's where we started separating. It was segregating everything. Um, and, and so I think that that whole history is really in the bones of our, of our, of human beings. So there's things that we have to go in and clear out and rework energy that's stored within our structure and within the family lineage as we keep getting born because as we're moving through things that are either addictions or traumas or things we have to heal there's something within the uh, family lineage that resonates mm. with that and vibrates that and i find that we're here to make those changes so i can see that the information i keep talking about right now is really about what we're here to do like yeah. why we're changing that why it's changing um but to do that you have to look at the fact that the history of it was so polarized yeah and now we're coming back into balance and that's why women are so important <laughs> yeah i i 100 I, I love the way that you articulated that and um, when you especially when you talk about that polarity I just remember from my own story, my father was this way, my mother was this way. And the polarity was just like, it was, it was balanced, but there was no, the communication was less. My dad would just say very little, but the polarization was there. So uh, for the audience, just so you can understand where, where we're talking from, it's like in a masculine and feminine relationship, you need, you very much need masculine certainty um, and direction. And then you, you definitely need, uh, femininity, which is radiance um, and and trust in in themselves as well as in their partner. So it's very uh, it's it's very togetherness. You need that polarity. But what we're talking about now is, especially uh, I'm 38. How old are you, Derek? I'm 38. 30, yeah, 38. So when we think about this from our level, and I'm going to put you and I in the same category, it's this this whole idea that we're here to make that difference young ones coming up and also the ones that are passed in front of us to say, hang on a minute, we can, we can do it from a different space. What was one of the hurtful stories, struggles, adversities, addiction that you went through, say from zero to 12? Um, the earliest thing that I can think about is when I was in elementary school and that's where it really started. It was in elementary school. And it was when I would, I, I was always surrounded by, I've always been surrounded by beautiful women. <laughs> Darn it. Um, and and so it ha It started in elementary school and I had all the pretty girls around me. And like that became a very, uh, the, the boys became jealous. And they, and I'm like, but it's just pretty girls. Like I, was surrounded with that. So what happened during that time was I, it started with being called a girl. 
because of their jealousy. So it was a projection even at such an early age that they weren't around the pretty girls, I was. So this started really early for me and I went through this at a very early age. Um, and, but during that time that left an imprint and that began to manifest and shift over time. Um, and as my, the, the men or the boys, their boys that were my friend at the time, when that started to change, they didn't want to be my friend anymore because now they were having group consciousness and clicking. And then I was this horrible thing. And that kind of carried on through junior high and got worse and worse and grew. Um, and I became very depressed because of it. But it stems back to elementary school when first being called a girl by friends. And then it, sp it spun out of control. <laughs> there's, there's two things that I want to share just so that the audience can, can follow along with us at that moment. I always talk about three things in a moment in time. Number one is what happened. Number two is the meaning that we give it to ourselves. And number three is what it's actually about. So if you think in that moment, and you and I get this, but this is for the audience listening, in that moment, what did you make it mean about yourself, especially like that young, being called a girl and then like being segregated even? What did you make it mean about you? Well, that I was not good enough, that um, I was maybe in the wrong body. You start believing, especially so young, you're at a, such an, an impressionable age and you're in that brainwave state, like things mm -hmm. are you're going to take on what other people say. And that's right in that zone. Um, and so, you know, you start believing it because these are the only people that you're around. So if this is your community, even if it's an elementary school, that's your, your take on the role of whatever you are. So I took on that role as that person that's going to be made fun of, you know? And so my self-worth was put in what other people had said about me starting in elementary school. Wow. I'm going to share this experience with you. It was easy for me to make friends that were girls. Mm. I had my mates. I had the boys that we all hung around, but then it was so much easier to sit with, you know, girl groups during, you know, recess and lunchtime and, and just talk, uh, you know, different things with them. And it was funny. It was like, I like this car. And then one girl would say like, I like this Barbie doll. And it's like, oh, cool. Show me her. Like it, it, there was never any difference Whereas like the boy boys, I guess you could say, that's what I was making up in my head. They were just like, oh, they just want to play rough stuff all the time. And I'm like, I don't like rough stuff though. <laughs> um, and that continued on. If I forward track me all the way until uh, my first three businesses, I was surrounded by women. It went, it went through the whole time and, and a little bit the same. I was, I was told, I kept being called like, oh, you're in the friend zone. You'll never get anywhere. And I was just like, what? And then that stemmed obviously in a different, a different direction for me and my addiction. So that went a completely different way because then I just got fear of rejection and it was easier to run to the pornography over there. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was all over the shop until I went inside. So that happened to you at elementary school and, and you were making it mean like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. Am I, gosh, am I in the wrong body type thing? And that went through, you said even junior high and so on. When did you, did you ever talk to your friends about it? I mean, not, I wouldn't say I necessarily would talk about it. People just saw what was being done. Mm -hmm. um, but you're in that state of growing up that even in junior high and in high school, where you're still trying to figure out who you are and you're trying to be popular and you don't want to be made fun of. So everyone, I don't even blame, I don't 
don't blame anything because mm -hmm. everyone was trying to figure out what they were supposed yeah. to do. And when you're that young, no one's teaching you how to do that. No one teaches you about that stuff. So um, I, I would gravitate towards people who didn't make fun of me, who yeah. accepted me. And that became the very different crowd, the very uh, on their own on their own frequency crowd. Um, and that did have a darker polarity to it. Not bad, not negative. They just tuned into some of the darker music and the darker mm -hmm. energy. Um, mm -hmm. And I would go to Rocky Horror Picture Show, things like that. Like I would feel, but, but they actually treated me like a human being, right? Yeah. So it was not, there wasn't anything bad about it. It was just the darker polarity. And I tuned into my darkness mm -hmm. through that because I had to work through that darkness. So meeting those people actually created a, a platform for me to work through my own darkness in order to come out of it. Because if I didn't, then I would still be in that space. We have to work through those things. Mm -hmm. um, so I found a tribe and I found people for where the time I was at that would support that journey. Um, and some people would stand up for me and they would, if they saw something, they would go over and do something about it. So I was luckily, lucky enough to have little angels around at the time when I needed them. So those, th those moments of struggle, maybe even years of struggle, adversity, what other areas of your life did they affect? Um, they affected my, especially my emotional body because it was shut yeah. down so early. And just to touch on this again, I mean, I need to add this component in with this question because it's very important to understand that when that happened at such an early age, any kind of attraction or um, sexual uh, sexual attraction or desire from somebody else was attractive to me. Somebody like, oh, somebody wants to have sex or somebody wants, you know, they want to do that. And so I would gravitate towards it. And that led a pattern of negative behavior that would unfold from there and a cycle would begin because i because i shut down my 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 sexuality and power when i was young it was mm. shut down because of being made fun of and that but that was my agreement so i have this whole inner working of like i don't like myself and i still it, like if someone finds me attractive i'm gonna go for that so there's a whole component underneath that which is um, that drove any actions or how i looked at myself or how i was gonna move through with that and that's a really big component to mm. the whole thing is to understand that and i don't want to skip over that part because mm -hmm. the sexual trauma with people with anybody whatever degree that looks like creates a strong imprint with how it's going to affect all your relationships and i don't mean just the ones that you're with a partner i mean it affects how affectionate you are with your friends um, it, it, it creates a, a pattern of that you, maybe some people have sex with a bunch of their friends. It creates patterns of how freely you give away your body to who and what age they are. Um, there's a lot of imprints because that's not healed. So that is a big part of, of all of this, but it really comes down to how it, it affected my relationships with people. And I shut mm. down. So people couldn't even like, if I had a necklace on and they tried to grab it, just like, oh, that looks cool. I'd be like, I would literally back up and like, don't touch me. So I shut my emotional body down, my physical body down. I shut down because I wouldn't even let them grab a necklace or hug me. If they tried to hug me, oh, I would like be like, don't touch me. Because now I'm in this space of like, I'm not worthy of it. I don't deserve it. I'm, I'm gross or whatever. Or now I've had the extra added layer of 
now people just want me for sexuality or to use me. So there's a whole deep, there's layers of this that are very important, which is why I'm even talking about it now, because that has to be cleared for others as well as it had to be cleared for me. It needs to be cleared for others because those layers go running deep. So, and they affect our relationships. And then we find those outlets in other things. And then we actually can't create that authentic connection because we can't be honest or open or crack open our hearts to community. Firstly, I'm glad that I didn't have to step into that realm to say that. <laughs> you articulated it so well, because I already do that on a daily basis. So it's good to hear my audience, your audience is, it's gonna be so good for them to hear it from a different voice. It's exactly the same thing. The, the layers that I could share really quickly is, so I, I had fear of not being enough. And then I layered that with, um, I was the opposite. I would lean in all the time. I would want it all the time. But when it went to the next sexual layer, I was like, oh, no, 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 don't touch me there. Like mine was just in the sexual area. I was just like, oh, oh no, 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 that's embarrassing. Like, so there was layer upon layer. And yeah, you're right. Anyone, anyone that we start to gravitate attention from it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll come and hang out. And it was like nine times out of ten always girls because they knew that I wouldn't try anything. Whereas the other guys, would, all they wanted was one thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas I actually gravitated towards the friendship. Yeah. So, so well said. Thank you very much for, for, for explaining that. So when you go back and, and you've already started talking about some struggles and adversities and how this affected relationships and, and yourself and moving forward and all these layers. Did you, did you have any addictions that you want to share or is there? Well, so when it comes to that, um, and that kind of comes back to the sexual stuff. Now, when I look back at my history and I think about how I was sexually active really young, and that's why it was really important that we went back to that. Because mm -hmm. I remember, like, I was taught how to kiss by a girlfriend I had in elementary school. Like, she, but French kiss. Like, mm -hmm. her, she shouldn't have known how to do that. We wow. shouldn't even know how to do that at that age. Mm -hmm. It was really mm -hmm. young. And she was teaching me how to French kiss. And I was like, well, what is <laughs> <You're thinking laughs> oh, that's like gross. And I look back at that. And I'm like, how did you know how to do that? But that's a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. Um and I found that from there because I was exposed to sexuality so young that I would engage with it with both girls and boys yeah. because I didn't even know what gay was. I, I attracted, I liked women. I was attracted to girls. I didn't understand everything. And I would find myself moving through the sexual exploration process from a very young age. And when you're doing that from a very young age, then you begin to crave it more because you're getting that stimulation and you don't have it talked about like you have human sexuality in um in high school but mm -hmm. that's like not really going into what the mental health areas are or like sexual problems and traumas that just stays very surface level so i found that if i were to look back and look at how many sexual partners i have and people ask me that i'm like what are we looking at here because that started when i was in elementary school and i learned certain things really young and then as that as that persisted, I was put in positions um, that, again, it came back to my self-worth. So I was attracting and accepting other people just because they would do it and I would get it over with. So I was attracting, it's, it's weird because we're talking about this addiction and I find, I wouldn't say it was a sex addiction, but it was like an affection addiction yes. where like 
I would find myself in a situation with somebody, someone double my age when I was a teenager, like really young, I was found myself in a position that they shouldn't, I don't believe they should, they should have had the wherewithal to not do. And then I would go through these things and I would let people take advantage of me because I didn't have that self-worth. And it was like, that became the addiction almost. That became the cycle that I would still perpetuate because it was like, well, the, I get attracted to, but I don't want that, but somebody's attracted to me. So I'll just do it to get to, to get it over with so I don't cause an issue. I'll make everything okay by giving myself away and never saying no. So that became this weird cycle um, with that. And you know, that, that stuff never led to like doing drugs or anything. Like I didn't even try anything like that till I was like, literally until I moved to LA, which was like in my late twenties, I think I, I tried something for the first time, you know? So it wasn't even something like that, but it was that emotional. I, it was almost like I was addicted to the, 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 the sadness or the pain. I was addicted mm -hmm. to the sadness and the pain and the disconnection. And it was like, I would just keep that cycle up because I kept choosing it for myself. Yep. It's yep. so interesting to talk about this because I haven't had the I haven't had the, the opportunity to do this. And I feel like that's why we're here is because it was going to give me the opportunity to do that. Cool. cool. Okay. Awesome. I, I, first of all, I appreciate number one, your vulnerability, but obviously your confidence in sharing it because you know yourself, which is just amazing. What I want to talk about from a psychological point of view now is that's actually called the positive cyclic loop. And what we do is, as you say, the negative you know, like it's a negative circle. It's what's actually doing is the dopamine release is actually the positive enjoyment. It's just that we don't associate it with positive because it's kind of like, well, if I'm over there getting nothing, that sucks. And I don't want that. So we run away from pain toward pleasure. But it, as you said, it's kind of like, then it's a double-edged sword because if I don't do this, what am I going to get looked at as if, oh, but if you don't give me some or you don't share yourself with that me that way, I'm not going to like you. And especially being, it takes a lot. If you're listening in the audience, one thing I just want to share right now, it takes a lot to sit within yourself, to not only know you, but to know it at such a level, to understand that you've got to go to this depth to know more about you, but then also be able to share it. So if you think about the way that Derek's mentioned some things this morning and even myself in, in past podcasts, it's not easy. It's challenging for the right reason. So when we talk about it, it just flies out. We're just the conduit right now because we know it. But for you, if you're listening in the audience and you think that we're just talking right to you right now, it's because we are. There's a moment right now that you need, you. the world's given it to you to listen to. So if you're like, oh my God, that happened to me. And if there's more of these moments that you're sitting there going, that happened to me, reach out to us because that's the best way that you can say, hang on a minute, I had this epiphany when you were talking to me. And that's the world opening up you, you opening up to the world to say you're ready for this. That's a moment for you right now if you're listening. So, yeah, that, this is that positive cyclic loop that we get stuck in. And it's not because we're essentially stuck as in human. We're just in the loop because we don't actually know how to exit it. It's like we're in it. We're enjoying the, the joy ride. And it doesn't... This is another thing I have to share because I, I, I'm on a podcast with uh nicole rouse yes i'm looking forward to having that conversation with her because she doesn't get it from a from an addiction point of view what we would what we understand is like i couldn't live without it i woke up and i was just like oh magazine oh mobile phone 
you know, who can I text straight away? It's like 7.45 in the morning. Um, so I'm looking forward to having that conversation with her because I believe, this is my belief, is that it doesn't need to be drug or alcohol related. I mean, that stimulates the brain in totally different ways. It shoots different hormones, completely different directions. But from an affectionate point of view, from this positive cyclic or a negative cyclic, it's like the hormones are still rushing. Every, every second they're changing instantly. So when we're getting that kick from someone else because we're giving it, we're, we're giving the opportunity out there to get the kick back. And then we even feel bad if we don't get it from that person or that person, and then we'll look for someone else to get it from. So this happens everywhere, all day. The addiction is not, doesn't have to be narcotic related. So when you recognize that in yourself, how did, how did that slowly tune you to do what you do now? Well, I honestly believe that the experiences that we have are fine tuning us for what we are meant to do. And we have to move through the experience and not, you can't understand it when it's happening. You cannot see the higher perspective when it's happening. It must be a visceral experience for you to gain the knowledge and to use the knowledge as wisdom when it's time. But so many people don't see it from that perspective because it just feels like pain. Um, and it feels like, uh, it feels victim. It feels like you're a victim. Uh, and But the thing is, I always knew that the things I was moving through, that's a big point, moving through, not around or not mm. over, moving through. I'm glad I, that came out of my mouth. Mm. The things that we're moving through are, we're taking aspects of it. Like I'm going through it and I'm picking up the pieces that are going to serve in my journey um, for me to teach others because this entire life, this entire life is about teaching and learning and creating and ascending. It's all about ascension. And so I always saw that other people making certain choices or decisions that would affect me as a reflection of them. It's something that's always been built in with me. So I always knew that, that the actions of others or positions I was put in was like, that's where they exist at. So I could only use the the opportunity as, as knowledge to gain for something that was coming in the future. Not everyone's built with this. I happen to be built with the capability to understand, maybe because I have had spiritual connections my entire life, but I think it might've been because I, was, I just naturally had the ability to understand that this is all leading somewhere. But not everyone can do that and they spin out and then it becomes an issue and a mental health situation. And so that's why I step into the forums to go to, to bring that in because it's just innately how I feel. I can bring it in and know what it's like um, to be able to do that and help teach others how to access the information and the knowledge from it. I always say this. Always think about the things that you're taking from the situation and what it's giving you, not what it's taking from you what it's actually giving to you, not what it's taking from you. Um, because then you're flipping that side of the coin. So mm -hmm. using all those experiences, the way I gave my power away and I did it for multiple, I did it with multiple people. I mean, when it comes to sexual trauma, I was, I essentially gave my me away to people that just wanted it, you know, and I kept doing it. And with one person, I did it for a very long time. And uh, that was actually a woman and I met her in Egypt. That's a long story. And, um, 
and I kept giving it away because I didn't know my own power. I didn't know my own power. And then finally, years later, that clicked and I was like, I see the truth now. I see this all clearly. I'm allowed to see this clearly. And I was able to release that. Um, and so I could have trusted myself the entire time, but I kept giving my power away. So when I finally learned the power of no, boundaries, and taking it back, both with myself, mm. setting boundaries for myself and with myself, and then set, setting boundaries with other people on the outside, that is when the, the tables turned. That mm. is when everything started coming back online. And I realized that I'm supposed to help teach people how to move through those experiences, be stronger. And so now I use all of those experiences um, as power for others to activate them, you know, and I don't look at those situations like, yeah, those things happened, but I don't blame the people that it happened with whatsoever. I was a co-creator within it. I could look at it as this happened to me, but I don't because I'm like, it didn't happen to me. I was there and even in some really dark situations, it still like taught me what I needed to know because I was going to have to give that particular piece of wisdom to another person at some point. And without moving through it, how could I be sitting here talking about it today to help others? I couldn't because it would not be my experience. It'd be textbook knowledge. So I had to go through it. it I chose it on a higher level to move through that because I was going to help other people learn how to take their power back when they needed and they were ready for that that moment you know so that's just how i see everything there are so many things that you said in there and the first thing wow <laughs> actually the more that i think i've actually got to slow down so that i can join you on this level instead of wanting to just spit out a million <laughs> miles an hour when you said we have to go through those experiences like well, we, we chose in that moment to be there right if someone so i'm just going to give a really simple really 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 simple analogy for someone if someone walks out on the street taking the bin out and all of a sudden they would get bashed out on the street and they were just like oh my god this happened to me it's like hang on a minute who took the bin out me well why'd you take the bin out well because it was bin night but why'd you take it out oh well because everyone else was busy so i i took it out and it's like well who chose to take it out i did exactly you you were there if you doesn't matter how many steps backwards you go you chose to take the bin out. Everyone else was busy. You could have left it till the morning, but you chose to take it out in that moment and say, bugger it, I'll do it myself. You walked out on the street and all of a sudden there's a gang walking past. They bash you. They could rape you, whatever it may be. You know, and I just want to put that in context as a story so that the audience can understand is like you're always putting yourself in. You're choosing that. It may not look like it to you because you, you if this is even resonating with you, and you feel like, no, this is bullshit, I'm the victim, blah, blah, that already is a sign that you've been triggered by it and the trigger is your shadow that you must work on. So if you're listening in the audience right now and that even us talking about this and you're like, no way, I blame that person over there, this right now is the moment for you to understand respectively that that trigger is here right now to help you understand that part of it is you were there and you chose to be there in that moment at some point prior to that. I'd like to add on to that from a personal experience of something very similar to that story. And that mm -hmm. is, it's really short, but when I used to, I lived near um, like Hollywood and West Hollywood in Los Angeles. And I would walk to what's known as the Grove. They film a lot of things there. You'll see it on 
like movies and things. Um, and I walked within walking distance, like a mile away. And I always walk it. I walk there to go see a movie and then I walk back so I can be in nature. And so I walked one night and I always went alone. But this one time I took a friend with me, a girl. And so we walked all the way down, walked all the way back. But um, I also went at a different time than I would have normally gone. And when we were walking back, we were crossing over a famous street. Melrose is the street. Like you might have heard of that. Um, and it's all the shopping center. And right as we were crossing over, it just happened to be at the very 10 minute pocket window where the police officers were changing over their guards or their, their officers who patrol the area. So right in that 10 minute window, I had to be, I was in the right place at the right time is what I say for three guys to pull over the car on the street and hold us up at gunpoint and take all our stuff. And it happened at that very, like we happened to be there right in that moment. And I'm telling this story because this is very important for people to understand that everything does have a higher perspective. So in the moment, my ego wanted to protect her. My ego wanted to, to do whatever, but for some reason my inner being was like, here, here you go. Sure. And I let the guys touch, they were touching us. It was so, and they were like, touching my pockets and touching me. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm about to wash that energy off. And I had to give over my phone and my money. And she was flipping out, but my inner being was like really centered. Like all my spirit beings were just like, you're good. And when we went back to Melrose, cause after that whole incident, we went back to Melrose. I called the police. When the squad car came up, the squad car number was my birthday. Like, my birthday and i was like i saw it. the first thing that happened and i looked at it and i was like all right i see it this higher perspective and i knew that there was a bigger thing so that had never happened and i'd lived in la at that point for what 10 11 years 12 years and i had never had that experience i hadn't had that experience when i was living in san jose or austin texas either this was my first time so as i'm having this experience I'm like, I would never be able to help other people in so many different ways had I not had that experience. And my birthday on the squad car, because I'm so tuned into my spirit side, I was able to see the synchronicity and the message that said, you're good. This is all for purpose. And I even went home and I was like, you know, I'm surrounded by my ancestors and spirit and guides and things. And I said, and my dog had passed by that point, but he's always around. And I said, you all knew that that was going to happen, didn't you? And a huge surge and wave came through my body, like down my head, all the way down my body. And I was like, I knew it. And you were all there, but you were all there with me during that moment because you knew I could handle it. And I have, and I've been able to use, look at, we're using the story right now to talk about what you just said from a, per, like from this personal experience. I chose to go to the movies at that particular time and walk back when I didn't have to could have taken a car, whatever. I could have driven my own car, <laughs> but I didn't. And I take responsibility for that because I knew that everything in my life that I am experiencing is knowledge that I'm going to use as wisdom to help other people. That's why every single thing happens in our life is because we are supposed to move through it to help other people understand their experience and reclaim their power because that's the time that we're in. That's why we're here. So I really like that you brought up that point, that story. And I just have that personal experience to like, uh, here we are talking about it. And without that, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it. It just, it, it totally just backs it up. 
It just yeah. it totally backs up exactly why that happens. And I'm so glad that the way you articulated that, so many people would have sort of said, oh, yeah, that happened for a reason. And, and, and I know already that you and I, it's not reasons don't count. Results don't lie. So if that was the result, it was like, it's not that it was even meant to be. It was like I was there at the right time and they were teaching me something. And when you spoke about the surge, I'm still getting it. Yeah, still feeling I bet. It. it's actually down near my it's actually down near my legs right now. It feels really <laughs> calm and cool. My feet are even tingling, like as I as I reframe this to you. So I get it. And for the audience, once again, if if we haven't lost you, because there would be some people that would be like, "Wow, this is this is so intense, right?" But obviously, there's the ideal clients for us to listen to this. This is exactly why we want to bring this up. Because so many people would be thinking that either something's wrong with them, I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, and all of those hateful things would would come into life because they'd be like, you know, the universe is, the world is happening to me. Everything just happens to me. I lose money here, I this there, it's all happening to me. If there's one thing that you take from this, it's the combination of what Derek and I are talking about, and that is the world, the universe, she and I talk about she as a spirit. That's my, that's my way of putting it. My, I call her Mother Nature, Mother Earth. She's happening for you. She's giving you all the signs. She's giving it to you. You will slowly awaken and you will start to receive it. When you start to receive it, you'll see it, you'll feel it. And the depth that I know that Derek and I, the depth that we could talk about it is we know the instant moment we start to get a like a a surge in like an itchy nose and we'll be like, that's something right there. I don't even have to scratch my nose because I know it's giving me something and we'll look around and then we might just get this feeling of like, I feel safe. And, and that's what that, that's like on the way to full self-actualization, full self, self-intelligence. There's one quote that I learned, um, trust in yourself, trust in the universe and trust in the process. Completely. Huge. Huge. completely that that word is the one thing that people don't have with them so that's the one thing that if people could learn how to trust themselves um because so many the majority of people i think don't trust themselves um or you can hear it in the voice you can hear it in the words that they use but the moment they trust themselves it's like a surge a power surge goes from their like root all the way down into the ground grounds who they are and then they've awakened that you can call it kundalini power if you want to mm. that energy that life force energy it literally exists within that that whole vibration of trust and the moment people take that back and go i trust myself and i trust that's when the key goes okay now you trust the universe now you trust the environment now and it just goes Phew, and then their whole world will open up and then everything's possible all healing is possible all abundance is possible all love is possible everything in that, in that, in that. So I'm really glad you brought that up. I am so looking forward for this little Aussie guy to meet this little American guy over there one day because I have had the most power surges in, in one conversation with you. Dead set. Just, just the energy transfer. We can feel it. We've got that view. And, and it's not about it happened for a reason. It was always there. The moment mm. clubhouse, the conversation, hey this, hey that, a couple of texts here and there. It's like, I've got to meet you. It's just that next level. So as we wrap this up, Derek, 
and people that resonated with you, what you're talking about and they're just like, wow, that guy, I like the way he said that. Like, how can people reach you? Um, the easiest way, I love people going to Instagram because I post messages and videos and things that will help people daily. Not necessarily daily, but like just daily things that will help people ground themselves and connect to their own spirit, their their mind, their body, their emotions. So I like Instagram, which is at Derek Jameson, D-E-R-E-K-J-A-M-E-S-O-N. And, um, but I have my website, which has a but more stuff on there, which is wonderfullightbody.com. It's really easy. Just wonderfullightbody.com. Um, and that's the easiest ways to get a hold of me. But I love it. But people can message me directly and easily through Instagram. So that's probably the best way. And then if anyone's like Clubhouse, come join the conversations. It gets yeah. lit. It gets on fire. <laughs> I start my channeling. I bring messages through. So that's like yeah. where it's at is at Clubhouse. And it's the same thing. Derek Jameson. That's that's awesome. And is this is this the clubhouse on the influencers one, the mental health one? There's or you've influencers got on mental health. Well, I I we I do other ones too, but like that's the main one I like to do because um, I believe that the mental mental emotional bodies are kind of going together, and then I infuse the spiritual aspect into it because it really is about the four bodies, the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And when we have one out of sync or out of harmony it affects everything else. So I'm, I love bringing in the spiritual aspect to mm. tune people back into what they know so that they can trust themselves. And when that powers on, that unit will create the foundation. So I stick mostly in that, but I do go into spiritual rooms where we get a little bit more metaphysical and I get to bring some other information forward. But, you know, I'm on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go straight to, you know what, I'm going to go straight to your profile and I'm going to make sure that the bell's on because the next time you do a room like that, I, I just, I'm going to be in there. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm you going to should, join you. You should come to the Kundalini. Yeah. We do a Kundalini one on Thursday and we only did it for the first time last week. And I, so many people joined that conversation. It blew me away because people want to understand Kundalini awakening mm. and those their spiritual awakening in different levels. So that's the conversation. And I think that you'll like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And that, that's something that I've always been intrigued in. The moment I started my spiritual journey, understanding it, timeline therapy, all of the, you know, all of the spiritual realm, I always wondered about Kundalini yoga. So I know that it's, I know that that's on my path because it's come up so much in the last three months. Yeah. Oh, so you got to join that conversation and come up and talk. Rock and roll. I will. All right. Well, you've heard it first. You know, it's such an absolute pleasure to have Derek Jameson here on the Addicted to Grow program. So thank you very much for your time, your commitment and sharing, especially your stories with the audience, which is so much needed. So thank you, Derek. We'll talk thank to you. Again you. Soon. Thank you so much.